Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> you know, we're entering that time where I guess tomorrow's the official first day of summer, right? That's the solstice. That's when we turn the page the whole nine yards. Once we get into these summer months, you know, the schedule is going to be a little bit crazy. So we're not going to be in our usual slot here. We're either going to be off, enjoying vacation, or we're just going to be kind of filling slots. Can't wait. That's Can't right. Wait. The Can't rest wait. of the way. We'll be in the afternoon, the midday, the morning, the whole nine yards. So uh, our time here, our little special club, you know, at 7 o'clock, I only think we have like a couple of more of these probably over the next couple of months. Like it's, it's going to be that fleeting. You've been briefed, Harvey, right? They told you these things. Can't wait. You're, you're, Can't you're aware, wait. right? Can't wait. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna have to work with him too. It's true. Yeah, but I've been briefed. I know briefed. about this. You know, you you know exactly what's going on. Oh yeah. So yeah. I can't wait. I know Harvey hates working with me. He hates the show. He's like, thank God he's gone. Thank God he's not gonna be here. Oh. oh. <laughs> but yeah, that is the truth right now. Hey, how about Baltimore? Seven nothing over the Tampa Bay Rays in the fifth inning. Watch out for the O's. Watch out for that O's team. They are legit, and they aren't going anywhere. And I'll get to the calls here in just a second. But, again, with the playoff picture in the American League right now, assume Tampa's going to the playoffs, right? Tampa's going. Assume Baltimore's going. One is going to win the division. One's going to be wild card. Those two teams are legit. They're not falling off the map. All right, you got two right there. Central division, you're going to get a division winner. That's it. That's all they deserve. West, a team is going to win it. Then you have the Houston Astros, who have not played their best baseball. They are banged up. They have lost more pitching than probably any team in the sport the first couple of months of the season. A couple they're not getting back either. Then you got the Rangers. Okay, they look like they have some staying power here. So then for that last playoff spot, it's either going to be the Angels, who are eight games over 500 and playing the best baseball of the Mike Trout, Shohei Otani era. You've got the Yankees. You've got the Toronto Blue Jays, who are still woefully underperforming. And now you have the resurgent Boston Red Sox. And you know what? Let's also throw Seattle into the mix. They're 500. They're not going anywhere yet. But the Mariners were in the playoffs last year. You got a general manager there in Jerry DePoto who loves making trades. Jerry DePoto would trade his family if he could get something back in return that would push the Mariners into the playoffs. That's how much he loves making trades. So those are five teams essentially for one playoff spot in the American League. Are the Yanks going to be the one that emerges? We'll find out. We'll find out. 800-919-3776. Brooklyn J in Brooklyn is up next here on 98.7. Jay, it's been a while. How you been? My man, Dan, how you been? How's everything going today? Jay, I'm living the dream, buddy. You know how it is, just trying to stay out of trouble. You know, eat my vegetables the whole nine yards. Word up, Dan. There's nothing wrong with that. Family's well. Everybody's good. No complaints. Absolutely all good, baby. How about you? 
chilling, chilling. Nice. Getting ready for this season, man. Can't can't complain. I cannot wait. Can't wait. I'm on my Bart Scott when it comes to this college football because you already know what time it is. You're darn right. So Absolutely. Just, I'm being so patient right now. My heart is thumping <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> but um, just to talk about Tyreek Hill, man, um, I was just telling a producer, a good dude, that uh, – it, it it sounds like Tyreek knew that something was coming down the pipeline. <laughs> and I remember before the season started, or before we even, at the end of the season, he was saying that, you know, he may retire in 2024. So uh, this, I, I don't know how big this is going to be, but maybe he's trying to get ahead of something, knowing that this may be something bigger than what it needs to be. And um, just actually about to punish himself in regards to a lot of things. So, yeah, I, uh, Jay, I don't know because the thing about that, and you're right, you know, Tyreek Hill floated some things out there like this would be, you know, thinking about retiring in 24. But apparently if this report is, is accurate about this assault right. thing that happened, if it took place over the weekend, that's like a long time after, right? A long right. time after, you know, he floated that mention out there. So to be honest with you, I don't know if one has anything to do with the other. Yeah, man, I, I, I just think that some of these athletes – uh, sometimes try to get ahead of their, their situations. Uh, and, you know, they basically try to avoid the embarrassment or anyone coming down on them in the public uh, law. But uh, hopefully all is well. Hopefully n- nothing is big up to it. Nothing is too big to a point where he has to go to jail because assault is assault, however you look at it. So, you know, hopefully it's nothing too big. Yeah. This matter. And I love you. Go ahead, brother. No, Jake, I was going to say, thanks for the call, buddy. You get back to us, all right? I appreciate the uh, the two cents. You know what I'm saying? You already. I love you. Like, cook food. Be That's blessed. it. You'll be good. Jay, stay in touch. There's our buddy Brooklyn Jay checking in there. Look, I mean, Tyreek Hill, for those that don't know, he's he, you know he's got a history. All right? He did some things, that, you know, when he was in college that are reprehensible, to say the least. And it's probably a situation where – if those things didn't happen, he probably would have been drafted a hell of a lot higher than when he was drafted. And he went to a situation in Kansas City where, you know, they couldn't bypass the talent and they wanted to make sure that, you know, and he was in a situation to where, you know, it was football and he could be on his best behavior. And he was and it brought out the best in him. And that allowed him to get a major payday from the Miami Dolphins and good for him. But you still got to be a good citizen. That goes for all of us, by the way, all of us, not just athletes. All right, not just superstars, millionaires, the whole nine yards. All of us. I don't care what you do. Harvey included. You got to be a good citizen. He'll be the first one to tell you that. We got an update, by the way. We got a, What's our breaking news sounder? I got so much stuff on this wall right now, I have no idea where anything is. I have no idea. Do we have one? A breaking news? I'll give it to you in three, two, and one. All right, there we go. Sounds so official this way. Right? When you do that. We have the line on Carlos Rodon, his rehab start with the Somerset Patriots. You ever been to that ballpark, the Somerset Patriots? That is a nice family operation they got out there. They do good work. It's good entertainment. Tickets are affordable. They have like a fireworks show like once a week if that floats your boat. Although I haven't been there in a couple of years. And it's got nothing to do with the fact either they're affiliated with the Yankees. I used to go all the time. But they do a, they put on a good show out there at Somerset. Anyways, Carlos Rodon. I'll give you the official uh, press box official score announcement for Carlos Rodon. You ready? 
Here's the line on Carlos Rodon. Three innings pitched. One hit. One earned run. One walk. Five strikeouts. 42 pitches. The line on Carlos Rodon. Three innings. One hit. One run earned. One walk. Five strikeouts. 42 pitches. And, perhaps most importantly, his arm is still attached. Which is big. Which is big. You know what I'm saying? Imagine, like, because the Yankees are so, like, shrouded in secrecy when it comes to the injuries. Like, we had some fun in the first hour talking about the Aaron Judge thing. Like, let's just say Carlos Rodon's arm falls off in one of these rehab appearances. And could you imagine if, like, word gets out from Jeff Passan or somebody out there, like one of the insiders, or maybe even an eyewitness, that Carlos Rodon's arm is no longer attached to his body? How would Aaron Boone and, and Brian Cashman try to dance around that fact when they give an injury update on Rodon. Kind of breaking news. <laughs> like, how how would they say it? Like, well, he, he's going through a process right now. He, he he's, he's in a good spot. You know, we, we think that over time, we're, we're, we're hopeful that he's turned a corner. But they wouldn't tell you that he no longer has an arm and he, and he can't pitch anymore. But they'll try to drag it out. I mean, look, for all we know, Aaron Judge may not even have a toe anymore. You're unbelievable. Right? Aaron, am I right or wrong? Like, show me proof that Aaron Judge still has a toe. We, we don't, don't know. This. We don't know. You know what? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey. I might have that I don't know ready. Hey, Aaron, um, you know, it's about 102 degrees today. And we saw Carlos Rodon walking into Yankee Stadium, but he had this giant overcoat on, covering up his left arm, and it, it didn't even look like an arm was there. Is, it, is, is there anything, is there an issue with the arm? Is it still okay? You know what? I don't know. Yeah. The idea ain't just to touch it. <laughs> oh! Oh! Too much information there. Hey, Boone, you're out of here. <laughs> we'll talk Knicks when we return. That's right, little Knickerbocker basketball. They're not going to be a very active come draft night, but you know what? Still doesn't mean that the expectations are going to be any less for the upcoming season. We'll hear from their prominent, most prominent player when we return. Grasa till 10, right here on 9870 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> so Julius Randle, that Julius Randle, right? Two-time All-Star, New York Knickerbockers. 
All NBA, the whole nine yards. Knicks leading scorer. He went on the Paul George podcast. Everybody's got a podcast now, right? Like, you would think these guys are just too preoccupied with playing ball. Like, the last thing they would want to do is then continue to talk about it even more. And they have everybody, everybody and their mother's got a podcast. Like, people always ask me, so you want to do a podcast? Like, why? I do this. Like, how much more talking do I have to do? Like, what I have to say on this is enough. I don't have anything more to say outside of this show. We do three hours a day, six, day, six days a week, Harvey. Six. Six days. I mean, how much more do I have to talk? There's only so many opinions you can give. Exactly. Genuine opinions. You can't just be pulling things out of thin air and then talking about them because if you're not passionate about it, it, it it's going to be a fugazi opinion anyway. Don't you want that authenticity? I mean, that's what people are tuned in for. That's what they're locked in for. So that's what we give you. So that's why I don't want to do a podcast. If we do a podcast, it's going to be some half-assed type thing. And that's what I'm about. Anyway, so Julius Randle on the Paul George podcast. Although that would be the equivalent of if Paul George is a podcast, that would be like me joining a basketball team, right? Doing something apart from what I usually do. If I join some like, you know, intramural squad or some men's league or whatever. And I don't, I don't think I have time for that either. So he was on with Paul George. And first and foremost, they talked about the impact of a guy who was pretty damn special this year. He goes by the name of Jalen Brunson. But JB just made the game so much easier. And I wasn't relied on every single possession to make plays. And that, and that trust, just trust each other out there. Was that quick? It was y'all at one point. Y'all was at a point where y'all was a top pick and roll combo. It was day one. I don't know if it's about like a lefty thing, yeah. but like we just know <laughs> just chemistry. what just we chemistry. trying to get to yeah. and like we know how to help each other out in those situations. It was just like instantly like chemistry. And the crazy thing about it is like we can get a lot better, bro. Mm-hmm. We can get a lot better. Right. Yeah, y'all only one year in. Yeah, so it's like I'm excited to see how I keep going. Paul George, by the way, like you notice he never plays. I mean, that's why he's got all this time to do a podcast because he never plays. No, I mean, that's that's not a joke. I mean, it's fact. He, the, the guy never plays. Paul George's podcast could be, should be called, what is it called? It's it's called P? Podcast P? Podcast P. It should be called The Trainer's Room with Paul George. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Or what are the new one we got? How about, why don't we use the one that we got earlier in the show today? From, uh, what's his name? That was funny, actually. <laughs> that's a good one but really i mean paul george never plays that's why he's got time to do all these damn podcasts anyway um how about julius randall's biggest takeaway from the next season from a team standpoint i had to say it just show you like how balanced the league is to where we realize man like just keep getting better we not that far off and that's motivating for me in a sense because in my mind i'm like all right how can i be the best version of myself to help the team win so i go into the offseason you know you dissect that but it's everybody from a team like we got a great mixture of talent bro we got young dudes we got guys who you know going into their prime so we got a great mixture of guys but it's like how do you keep getting better so from a team standpoint i think that's where we at like as individuals how can we get better and then we figure out you know what worked in the postseason what didn't you know like mm-hmm. what worked versus miami what didn't mm-hmm. you know what are the teams doing that one? So, like, I look at Denver and I'm like, all right, what are they doing as a team to help them have such great chemistry on the court, you know, to win? So, I, I look at it from that standpoint. Now, Julius had surgery on the ankle. Cleanup procedure, arthroscopic, out in L.A. So, he's on the comeback trail from that, from the one that he injured late in the regular season with five games still to play. Where is he looking to improve? 
I'm all about efficiency, bro. So for me, it's efficiency. Like, how can I, like, I look at, and I take examples. Like, I look at, I look at you, or I look at a guy like, for instance, Jimmy. Like, Jimmy for me is a great example of somebody who continues to get better. Mm -hmm. How does Jimmy go from, you know, being a 46% shooter to, you know, a 53, 54, Mm -hmm. more efficient, less shots, whatever it is, you know, type of player. So I always try to look at, like, how can I be more efficient? And lastly, how about the New York media? How about the fan base? How have you dealt with those so far? If you want like a lesson, don't do thumbs down. That didn't work out well for me. <laughs> Honestly, I love it, bro. It's made me the player I am today. It all depends on how you look at it, bro. It can be tough for some people, and it's been tough for me. It's been tough for my family. The garden is it's a different animal. It done taught me so much more about myself and as a player. Age you though, bro. It's like it's like almost being like you you the president, and they go in there, you see them, and they look great. And four years later, they got the image, and they look yeah. old as hell. Yeah, that's how I feel right now. How is it in New York? If you look at it from a media perspective, like you'd be like, damn, it's hard being there. I go on walks all the time, like around the city. The actual fans interaction, like face to face, is crazy how much love it is, bro. Yeah. We ain't one. <laughs> you know what I mean? We got to the second round. They like, man, we so appreciate, so appreciative. Biggest takeaway for me from that is what he said there at the very end. We haven't won anything. You know, they went to the second round. Forget about how the fans treat him and so on and so forth, which is nice. You know, you want him to be respected and all that stuff. But the message is clear that there's still work to be done, that they're not resting on their laurels, and their most important player is not resting on their laurels. And look, Randall was a lightning rod this year. An absolute lightning rod for the fan base. I mean, look, I heard it. How many shows did we do? All we talk about, it seemed like there, while the season was still going on, was Julius Randle. And some fans wanted him out of here. Some fans never wanted to see him play for the Knicks ever again. Others give him the benefit of the doubt. And look, the point that I kept trying to remind folks, and I'm going to continue to keep doing it, I know the Knicks didn't get to ultimately where they wanted to go with their goals, but they weren't even getting that far if not for Julius Randle. They weren't in the second round of the playoffs without him. And I know that he was a diminished version of himself because he suffered that ankle injury late in the year. And then he re-aggravated again in the playoffs. I get it. Right? And there are some things about his game which drive you crazy. Sometimes if the shot ain't falling, he takes it with him down the other end of the floor. And he lets that affect his defense. And the body language and the whole nine yards. Like, we've seen the worst of it. But we've also seen the best, too. And I just wonder, right? I know he's still got a few more years left on his contract for a lot of money, right? He's not hurting for money. But he's got two two plus an option. Well, possibly three. So two plus an option. And by all accounts, that is a very, very team-friendly deal. 25.6 for the upcoming season, 27.5, and then the player option, 29.4. He's not going to be an old man at the end of that contract, all right? He's still going to be in his prime. He stays healthy, and if he continues to put up, let's say, 25 and 10 or thereabouts, that is a steal if you're the Knicks. That is a steal. But I wonder if other teams around the NBA look at it in the same fashion and they say to themselves, you know what? That's a guy that can help us. That's something that we'd like to have on our team. And that is a very team-friendly contract for a talented guy. You know, all this talk about upgrading and the Knicks trying to get another missing piece and somebody that will help vault them 
even greater than just the second round of the playoffs? Are you able to hold on to a guy like Julius Randle to go big game hunting? Can you do that? Because I think the perception of Julius Randle around the NBA is a hell of a lot different than it is, I think, in this city. Because fans can't see past, let's say, the negative. They only want to look at the shortcomings and what can't he do. And there's a limit to the Julius Randle that you're going to end up seeing. Instead of the fact that, you know, by and large, this guy's done more good than bad since he's been here. And when he came here, back in that summer of 2019, when Kyrie Irving and KD spurned the Knicks, went to Brooklyn, wouldn't even give him a sit-down, and the Knicks had to pivot and sign all those, like, one-year deals to the Bobby Portises and the Wayne Ellingtons and the Reggie Bullocks and blah, 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 blah. Randall was a guy who signed for multiple years. He believed in the vision. They took a chance on him, and I think he rewarded them tenfold. He can be a part of the solution, and you hope that whoever that next piece is that they bring onto this roster, that he is indeed going to be a part of this, because I think that he earns that, and I think that he deserves it. Now you hope he stays healthy and his ankle's going to be all fixed, and he's going to be in for another All-NBA-type season next year. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. The other MSG team, they trotted out their new head coach today, Peter Laviolette, and unfortunately there were some fans, at least has been conveyed to me, that weren't happy with it. My question is why? We'll get into Peter Laviolette now taking over the blue shirts. Grasso Show till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. 3-1 Yanks in the sixth inning against the Seattle Mariners. Cole is in control. Got out of some trouble there, minimizing the damage to just one run. But those three runs that the Yanks scored early in this one, Billy McKinney, a two-run shot, have stood up so far. Mets and Strohs scoreless. They're still early on in this one in the second inning in Houston with Verlander taking on his former mates. Talking little Knicks. Julius Randle making some comments on that podcast. And again, remember, the draft is coming up on Thursday night, guys. Knicks don't have a first-round pick. You know, you don't expect them to really have any sort of a role in this draft unless they do something between now and then to factor in. Um, Nets aren't picking until the 20s. I think it's 21 and 22 for Brooklyn. But with Dallas holding on to that pick and the ping-pong balls falling the way that they did after their – less than honorable close to the regular season in the NBA. Knicks don't have that first-round pick this year. So if you're a Knicks fan, you sit, you watch, you observe, and you don't have to get all worked up as to who the Knicks took or didn't take or who you wanted them to take. And you just worry about improving upon a second-round run that they made this past year. Let's say hi to Abby in New York up next here on 98.7. What's up, Abby? How you doing? Hey, Dan. How you doing? Good. What's up? Good. Yeah, I'm just – uh. I'm not buying um, from one podcast. You know, we're hearing Julius Randle finally open up about New York and all this stuff, how the fans, you know, how they're great and this and that. It doesn't change the reality of this team. And now he's not 
he's not going to get us over the hump. Listen, I'm not a Julius Randle guy at all. I want him to, to be traded. Okay, I, I don't know what we can get for him, but I know there are options, uh, better options, better winning players. We've seen what he's done in the playoffs. He's not a winning player. He he folds in the playoffs. He makes bad mistakes. I, I don't think from this one podcast it shouldn't change the reality of what the Knicks are and what you know what our future is because it's it's getting to a point. It's been 50, 50 freaking years since the championship and they gotta start making moves to actually give us a chance to win and Julius Randle is not the guy let me, all right, so let, me, let, me, let me ask you a question okay so just I'm trying to read between the lines here your biggest issue with Randle and to why you think that the Knicks should move on is because you don't think he's the same player when the playoffs roll around right well we well usually uh, when the playoffs come around our, our number one guy our super our star player usually shows up. Am I not right about that? Jalen Brunson is a guy that we know is going to show up because he's our he's our real superstar now. But but Julius Randle is not going to get us over the hump. He's done. He's had, he has too many shortcomings. He's not a winning player. He's got an attitude. It's not. He's just not going to get it. Done you're not giving you're not giving him a pass at all because of the injury either for this year in the playoffs. I'm not. I'm not giving him a pass with the injury at all because I, I think he would make the same mistakes if he was fully healthy. I just don't think he's a winning player. He's not that guy. You know what, Abby? Here's the thing, and I thank you for the phone call. Do I think he's the perfect player? Absolutely not. All right, I, I'm not going to sit here and try to convince you guys that he's a number one. He's not. He's not. You know, in a perfect world, he's probably like a a, a good number two on a serious championship-caliber team. Hell, maybe even a number three. I mean, if you really want to get crazy and talk about an embarrassment of riches, that might even be more ideal. You know, Brunson, I think, is somebody that asserted himself this year to somebody to, to, to status that you could say, you know what, guy's probably like a 1A. I don't think he could put, give Brunson that number one distinction just yet. He's like a 1A, somewhere in between a 1 and a 2. Really, really good. And, yeah, I do agree with Abby, though, that as that postseason wore on and you saw those type of efforts and those games that Jalen Brunson was laying out there, playing 48 minutes, doing whatever the hell he had to do to help this team win despite the fact that they were shorthanded, it became his team. Became his team. Now, look, you might ask Julius Randle, and he may tell you that, no, it's my team. You might ask Jalen Brunson, and Jalen Brunson might think, no, it's my team. But when I look at this team right now, the New York Knicks, heading into the season, let's say no other changes, no other additions, no other high-profile imports or anything like that. It's Jalen Brunson's basketball team. And I know that he's only been here for one year. But I watched the games. You watched the games. We saw the playoffs. And there's something about a point guard, too, right? Guy's got the ball in his hands, like, each and every time down the floor. It's supposed to be the floor general. I think that Brunson kind of just manifested that with all these other guys, and they took to his lead and his example. He's not a rah-rah guy, but he goes out there and he lays it on the line. But a healthy Julius Randle helps this team. Doesn't make him worse. Doesn't. Because as I said, yeah, I know Brunson was the better player in the playoffs, but the Knicks are not in the playoffs without Randle because during the regular season, he was their best player. Whether you want to acknowledge it or not, he was their all-star. Now, Brunson got robbed, but top to bottom, Randall was their best player. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number 
Before we get to the hockey stuff, though, real quick, do you see this story? You know, and, and the continued fallout again with John Morant and everything that's kind of been happening on that end. Tim McMahon, who covers the NBA for us here at ESPN, the Hoops Collective podcast, he was on that. Now, is that his podcast or was he just a guest on the podcast? That Hoops Collective. What no, is that? I believe it's him. Oh, it says he's got a, every, everybody's got a podcast. Everybody's got a podcast. See, I was right. Like, I, I can't keep up with this podcast generation. I can't. Actually, it's Brian Windhorst. Excuse it's Bri- me. Okay, see? All right, so Brian Windhorst has a podcast. It doesn't change anything. All these guys have podcasts. What's your podcast name going to be? I don't have one. You know what the podcast is? The Dan Grosso Show. That's the podcast. Three hours a day, six days a week. That's what the podcast is. Take a listen. Feel Give me free. the name of your show. That's, I just said the name of the show. Now back to Dan Grossa on 98.7 ESPN. And if you don't hear the show live, you go back and you listen to the podcast, right? That's why we post it every single By golly. day. You know, you listen at your own leisure. But I'm not doing like another podcast to the side. It's not happening. If I do another podcast, it's going to be something completely off the beaten path and have nothing to do with sports. If you are eating pizza, God bless you. Maybe I'll do a pizza podcast. You think people would want to hear that? Yeah, what's the number one hot take for pizza? No, there, it, it, it wouldn't be that good. That's why I wouldn't do it. Because I'm not as adventurous when it comes to pizza. Like, I'm not going to sit there and, and, you know, go all around the world. Like, you imagine a show like that or a podcast like that. I just go all around the world. Not even the world. Go around the tri-state area to, like, different pizzerias, try different pizzas, different try, you know, toppings, varieties, flavors, the whole nine yards, and then report back to everybody. I'm not going to do that. You know? Because I'm not really one of these guys that, like, dabbles into 75 different varieties of pizza. I keep it pretty simple, pretty plain. Go foul. Go foul. Go foul. For the love of God, go foul. Jeez. So it's not going to be a pizza podcast. we got to come up with something else, though. I'm trying to think of what else I'm into. Subs? Why does it have to be food? You said something different. What do you want, like painting? No, that, no, I, don't, I don't know anything about painting. You ever see me try to draw anything, by the way? No, no. Oh, my God. It's horrible. Horrible. Like, that's one thing, like, I don't know if you could, like, teach somebody to draw. Like, if you could go to, like, art class or lessons or something like that. Like, I'd be one of those people, like, Leonardo da Vinci could show up. He could walk right through that damn studio door. I'd have no idea what he looks like or what he is, but, like, he could just come in and and flash his visitor's badge and say, hi, Leonardo da Vinci, I'm back. I hate painting. And then during one of the commercial breaks, or, you know, he could sit there and just, like, teach me some basic, like, sketching or something. It it, it wouldn't turn out anywhere near what he was trying to do on paper. Ah. Well, that's something completely different. I don't know what that was, but it wasn't drawing. It wasn't sketching. The, 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 new, the new fad that I've been hearing around is like the sip and paint. What is that? Everyone's like in a circle, I guess, and they have like these like um, these boards so you could like paint on it. Sipping paint? You mean like wine and like yeah, painting? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Why would I do that? I'm not saying you would do it. I'm saying that's like a, new, that's no. like a, a popular thing. That's like a, what, like, a, like a social club? Yeah. But again, like, why do I need that? I couldn't do that. What about movies? You do a movies podcast. I could do a movies podcast. I like that. That's a good idea. But not painting. Not painting, not movies. I mean, no, we'll do movies, not the pizza. I like the movies. 
big time. I like that. Um, yeah, maybe we'll no, but see, you're getting me into this trap already. I'm not doing a podcast. I'm not, I don't ask for I'm not, no, it, it is. That's what you're trying I'll to ask do. That's what your podcast name is. You're you trying to do it. You're trying to force me in that direction. I'm not doing it. The coup de grasse by Dan Grasse. Oh, gosh. Why? Why are you, th- why are you thinking of titles when this is not ever going to come to fruition? It's not happening. You're like trying to do some like Jedi mind tricks garbage. It's not working. Use the Jedi to keep it in the company. That's all. See what I did there? Anyway, how do we get on this conversation? Oh, yeah, the Hoops Hoops Collective podcast. Tim McMahon. No relation to Jim. Or Vince. Or Vince. Right. How many other McMahons do we know? Do we know more McMahons? I don't know. Shane. There's a Stephanie. (laughs) No. stop, Stop with his family. I know he's got other members of his family. I'm talking about, like, you know, trying to branch out a little bit here. So he was talking about John Morant. John Morant's in some hot water right now with the NBA, his personal life. He's missing 25 games. So he had an interesting angle to this whole John Morant thing. Take a listen. I have heard indirectly that Ja and people close to Ja, perhaps people formerly close to Ja, have this feeling that the NBA is out to get him. The media is out to get him. And I just say, are you stupid? Do you not think the NBA desperately wants this ridiculously entertaining young American superstar to succeed? What does him being American have anything to do with wanting him to succeed? Is that like another like knock on Nikola Jokic again? Like the whole thing about, you know, he's not American and that's why he's not more popular. Like, stop. We got, we got to stop with this thing. Really. Stop. Like, they, they, there could be an, a, an athlete, if he was born on the planet Krypton and descended from outer space, okay, and he put on a basketball uniform and assimilated himself into this country, guess what? If he was popular, he's popular. It doesn't matter where he's from, what his passport says, what his birth certificate says. It does not matter. Bottom line is this. John Moran has screwed up on a couple of occasions that we know of. That we know of. Read some of these articles, boys and girls. I know nobody likes to read nowadays, right? They just like to be told things. But read some of these articles, and you realize that some of this stuff that kind of falls into line with this whole disciplinary measure thing from the NBA, is things that aren't even really reported by the masses. And that local law enforcement out there, in conjunction with the Grizzlies organization, have done a nice job on trying to keep a lot of things hush-hush, which would portray him in an even worse light. So what is this like out to get him? It's actually just the opposite. Where people are bending over backwards, maybe putting their reputations at stake to try to protect this kid. And like we said, the reason that they threw the book at him, if you want to even call it that, is because in a short amount of time, the dude has made Adam Silver look like a fool twice. Sat in his office, yesed him to death like, yep, I'm sorry, I'm contrite, it'll never happen again, I know the error of my ways, I made a mistake. You can count on me. I want to be a better person. Three days later, he's on Instagram flashing another gun. Making light of the whole situation. That's why he got punished. 
Because Adam Silver's sitting there like, wait a second, wasn't this the same guy that was in my office a couple of days ago? Isn't that the guy that I was just talking to? And he said he was sorry and he'll never do it again? He did it again. That's why. I, I mean, this, the, you know, everybody's out to get me. Everybody's out to get me. Everybody, I mean, stop, 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 stop. Why would you think that? First of all, the biggest problem that John Moran has, we said this all the time, is, you know what? Disassociate yourself from the so-called people that you call your inner circle. Your inner circle's fractured. Your inner circle consists of people that only want to be part of your inner circle because you bring in $40 million a year or whatever the hell it is. Because if those checks stop coming in, and you were some dude who was just working an honest nine to five, whatever it was, they probably wouldn't want to run with you anymore. Because you wouldn't be able to give them the good life that they're living right now. And go to all fancy clubs and places and buy things and this and that. He essentially funds their lifestyle. You know, when the music stops and the lights go down, you see who's still in your corner. That's what these guys don't realize, and especially somebody like John Morant, who's basically a kid and is just still trying to figure out what it means to come into all of this money, this wealth, and this fame. And what he's realizing is that you can't get away with everything that you think you could get away with. You're not, excuse the pun, bulletproof. 800-919-3776. Grasso Show, till 10, right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. 3-1 Yanks over the uh, Mariners during the seventh inning. Something going on, though, uh, between Garrett Cole and the rest of the Yankees. Um, or not Garrett Cole and the rest of the Yankees. Garrett Cole and the Mariners. Because Again, we're here. We're doing the show. We're concentrating on that. The games are on the TV, but the volume is down. So I don't know what the hell's going on and what they're saying. But Cole, as he was coming off the field the last half inning, he was pointing to the direction of the Mariners' dugout, and he was, like, wagging his finger or something. And then as he got closer to the Yankee dugout, you saw other members of the Yankees who were um, saying not-so-flattering things in a demonstrative tone over towards Seattle's bench. So I don't know what it stemmed from. Hopefully we'll find out for you. Um, meantime, down in Houston, Harvey, cue the music. Yeah, let's go. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Step right up and beat the Mets because the Mets are back to being the Mets. That's right, Justin Verlander. And we told you this was going to happen. Very emotional pitching in your old stomping grounds. He won a couple of Cy Young Awards in Houston, won a championship, the whole nine yards. It's going to be tough for him out on that mound. Well, guess what? Third inning, getting into some trouble. Altuve a sack fly, and Alex Bregman, his old buddy, right into those Crawford boxes in left field. 3-0 Astros going into the fourth inning. See, some of those 11 runs the Mets scored last night, those could come in handy today. They're going to need those instead of using them all up last night. Let's say hi to Joe. He is in Long Beach. He's up next here on 98.7. Joseph, how are you? Um, I'm good, Dan. Thank you. What's up, Joe? Thank you for asking. Dan, I wanted to talk a little bit of Yankees baseball because it's been depressing on these airwaves listening to these Yankee fans complain about the season that we're having. Mm -hmm. But can you name me 10 baseball teams that are better than the New York Yankees right now? 10 baseball teams that are better than the Yankees. Um, yeah. 
Like, what is everyone panicking about? I don't know about 10. I could maybe get close. But, again, I, I'm right. willing to give the Yankees the benefit of the doubt because you don't have Aaron Judge. And that's my point. You yeah. know, he's only the reigning MVP, right? Like, we know that the lineup is much different with him. And, and you know what? In an individual sport like baseball, you wouldn't think that it would tip the scale so much. But, you know, for this team, it does, Dan, right? Like, they need Aaron Judge. And the fact that we're still in the top 10, um, the fact that we're still in the hunt about five and a half games out of first place, hey, let's take a, a page out of old Aaron Rodgers and just relax, let the season play out. And we do what we do every year. We cook the Yankees in the playoffs if they don't come through. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> See, Joe has good perspective there. Exactly. Thanks, buddy. That's exactly Everything's going to be fine. And then the Yankees are going to get to the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, uh, they're going to come short up, come up short in October. And then it's going to be fire Cashman all offseason. Fire Boone, fire Cashman. This team is. All right. So this is what it was. I'm watching the replay. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, I see what that was. Who was the hitter, though? I'm trying to, like, this, the TV is so small. I mean, I got good vision, but it's it's the second, um, it was the second baseman. Um, oh, Jose Caballero. And no, he is not one of the three Caballeros. I think he was a distant cousin. He might be like the fifth or the sixth Caballero. Jose Caballero was up at bat. I guess he stepped out or asked for time too late or something like that. And that angered Garrett Cole. So then the next pitch that Garrett Cole threw, he intentionally threw the ball about like 15 feet over everybody at home plate to kind of like send the message that he didn't really, in, you know, approve of what Caballero was doing. And then as he was walking off the field, that's when he was like pointing the finger at him, kind of, you know, chastising him a little bit. Caballero's a young player. You know, he doesn't have as much experience um, in the big leagues, as a matter of fact. So I, I, I think that's what it was. More than anything else. That's eh, all good-natured. We'll see. You know what? You want to blame somebody? Blame blame the pitch clock. Blame the commissioner. Blame every, you know. They're the ones that implemented this stuff here. Not them. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Cole is still out there, actually, for the eighth inning. Good for him. Good for the Yankees. And giving this bullpen a little bit of a spell. Even though the top guys haven't pitched in how many days? When you throw in the day off that they had on Monday? I mean, the, the bullpen should be pretty well-rested. For Boone and company here. And now you have only six outs to get. If Cole could get you to nine and then you hand the ball to Holmes, hey, you know what a two-run lead, minimum? That should be good enough to set the tone. Mets, on the other hand, are going to have to score. Now four runs minimum if they are going to win this game tonight because Verlander's put them in a 3 nothing hole in the fourth inning here down in Houston. All right, one more hour still to play with. We'll take your phone calls at 800-919-3776. Also, we'll get into the Rangers and Peter Laviolette. John Smoltz had some interesting things to say on the Michael K. Show about the local baseball teams. And what's the deal with hard knocks? What's the deal with hard knocks? No knocks, and it's not hard. We'll talk about all those things in the final 60. Grasa Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>